Why is divorce so hard, so difficult, and why does it cause so much suffering? Why do the people who initiate the divorce seem like they have so such a better time accepting the divorce than the one who is being divorced from. We're going to be talking about this and more this week on episode number 135 of the relaxed mail. This is the relaxed mail a show that comes to you each week, helping men to remove the nice guy from their life so they can actually live their life on their terms. Join the host certified coach, Brian Goodwin, as he helps men step out of their heads and become free from the thoughts that bind them. Hey, man, hello, and welcome to Relax Mail. All right, so this week we are talking about kind of a rough topic. This is something that a lot of men and women, honestly, both have trouble with. They really have a difficult time when a divorce is going on. Now, I'm not saying that this is a way to make divorce easy. Divorce is not ever actually a di- an easy process to go through. And we're going to be diving a lot into this and explaining and talking and expanding and really digging through a lot of the, uh, a lot of the trash that we wind up thinking. A lot of this stuff keeps us from being able to reach a very good agreement why so many heart feelings start running around and all this. So there's a lot of stuff to dig into. But before we do, I wanted to first welcome all you know new folks. Wow, we kind of had a big old bump come up uh, last week, and it was just kind of a, it was really cool to see that there was that many people who were jumping on, had a lot of people dig into the back catalog. So it's it's really it's really nice to to see that all of a sudden I'm starting to make a, a bit of an impact. I'm starting to really get your gentleman's attention, and that is putting a lot of gas in the tank. And I think it's just because I am starting to talk not so much stuff on the surface level, but it's that I'm digging down a little bit deeper, really kind of hitting some of the stuff that you guys really want to know about when it comes to men and their roles in family and how relationships actually can be cultivated and make, uh, and to make life a lot easier. So that, and how you can live a interdependent life instead of being codependent. And that way you're able to actually live your life on, on your terms. If you're new to the show, man, I want to welcome you. Thanks for listening. And I am a certified life coach. Brian is my name and I help men get the nice guy out of their life kick to the curb send it down the send him down the road so that you can actually start living your life on your terms uh, at least that's my little elevator pitch about what I do and my whole coaching practice that as is but before we actually fully get uh, into the main topic did have a little bit of news I wanted to again talk about operation tears of the 22 has their their August retreat coming up that's August 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, it's going to be down in Moyers, Oklahoma, and we're going to be staying over at the K River Campgrounds. This is the campgrounds that is run by Adam Sandoval. If you don't know who he is, uh, he has got a good sized YouTube channel that uh, he goes and he motor- rides a motorcycle around 
just all over the U.S. meeting people, having a an incredible life. And it's kind of cool to watch him and to live vicariously through him uh, when you don't have anything else really going on. But it is a he's a great guy. And he is really dedicated to helping veterans. And that's what uh, Operation Tears of 22 does. They help veterans, 22 veterans each year, each day die of, because of at their own hands. And that's 22 too many. And if they can, if Operation Tears of 22 can just reduce that number for a little bit, help save some, some of our wonderful uh, service men and women from taking a permanent solution to a temporary problem. It, they're, they're well on their, their track. And the way that they are doing that is by getting these people out into wilderness, which is a really great way of doing it because when you're out in the out in the the woods and out in nature for four days, you actually start to have a different change. It's called the three day effect. You, they actually is actually have a little mini uh, audio book over on Audible that you can actually look for. It's called the three day effect, and it helps people to slow their minds down to actually start seeing more uh, details in life. And so because their brain is not being bombarded all the time with all the uh, electronics, the cell phones dinging and all and and everything else, you don't care about the phone because you're not going to have much cell signal if you do have any cell signal at all. And that's because you are not bombarded. Your, your brain is not really giving a hoot about, you know, what's happening on Facebook, what's happening on Twitter. You're just out in nature. Your mind can relax and reset. And that's what, that's what Operation Tears of 22 wants to do. So if you're interested, you can go to relaxmail.com forward slash, uh, 135. And that will actually take you over to the show notes page. And there at the top, I will have a link to oper- the Operation Tears of the 22 and their Eventbrite page where you can actually sign up to go. If you are wanting to go and you are not a veteran, you might want to sign up as quick as possible because they do have some cabins and some gl- uh, glamping yurts and actually even... Uh, Primitive camping with electrical hookups, which is really cool, especially if you want to have like a fan or something in your tent. It helps out tremendously. So there's a lot, they've got a lot of options available there. They've got RV hookups, things like that. So love to have you there. We're going to have a great time. There's going to be music, food, and a lot of Jeeps running around going up and down hills. And those Jeepers are more than happy to, to have, have a passenger so that they can go take them for a ride because it is a great time. I, I will never forget my first actual Jeep, uh, Jeep ride up and down a, a, a mountain and, uh, the excitement that it had and the beauty that you got to see and the friendships that you build. So I'll be talking there. So I'll be talking, I believe Friday. So that'll be fifth. Sixth or fourth, probably about the fifth, if I'm thinking right. So, anyhow, guys, go over there, sign up, get. I'd love to. All veterans are going to be able to go. They, Adam actually has a section for the veterans, so they can go camp for free. I think any time, not just during this uh, during this retreat, but veterans can stay for free. Uh, Civilians, guys, 
it's not expensive. I think it's 10, 20 bucks. So it's, it's a really inexpensive to, uh, means of, of being able to go and enjoy a good time. Yeah. I know gas is going to be really high, but at the same time, I think your, our service members, mental health is definitely worth a little bit of gas. So with that, let's go ahead and let's jump on in. Why is divorce so difficult? Now it may sound obvious to, uh, to most of y'all. Well, why is it difficult? Well, because we don't want to be divorced. And you're right. You're right. Most people, they honestly don't want to be divorced. They want to be, they saw themselves at, married to their, their sweetheart, whether it was a high school sweetheart or just somebody they met after they got out of high school. They met somebody, they fell in love with them. They've had kids together. They've had a, this life and it's life may have been 10, 25, 35 years long. And all of a sudden your spouse comes to you, does that one o'clock in the morning talk, you know, where it's honey, we got to talk. And she tells you, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. I want to go live my life. And all of a sudden your world is suddenly turned completely upside down. Yeah. You know, y'all had some problems. Y'all weren't sinking like you normally would. You didn't have quite the level of, of, of communications didn't have the level of, of, uh, connection that you really wanted to have, but it, at the same time, you didn't think it was that bad, really. And turn comes to find out it was the, your wife has decided, you know what? It's done. It's over with. I want to move on. I just, I don't want to deal with this crap anymore. What ends up happening when that, ha- when she, you do get this, uh, this one o'clock talk, a lot of, a lot of things happen all at once. And the biggest one is all centered all around your thinking. All of a sudden you're, you're blindsided. You have a hard time breathing, may even have go on into a, a into a panic attack of some sort that you start really diving down this dark hole of, of suffering. You've got this pit of despair, really. And a lot of us, when we are told something like that, where we do stuff where, and we're struggling like that, like being told a divorce has gone on, we really start to spin in our mind. We start just going around and around and around. We have the same set of thoughts. Why, you know, why is she get to what, why does she get to be happy? Why is all this other stuff? And then a lot of those other thoughts will pile on to that. As the divorce progresses, all of a sudden you've got your loving wife all of a sudden has just become this, this greedy wench who's just wanting you, apparently just wanted you for your money and she's cutting ties and she wants to take half of everything, leaving you with nothing. And you have to pay for alimony and child support and all this other stuff. And it's not fair. Well, again, the, that's a thought. Is it fair or not? Is just your thoughts about a particular circumstance, circumstance being, Hey, does my, why does my, my ex-wife now suddenly get to have half of everything? Well, in all reality, if you really look at it, she gets half of everything because y'all are married. Y'all were married, 
But uh, what we really are running into with that and why that's all that suffering comes about and all that pain and all that fear and all that anger and resentment and frustration and all that comes from is the fact that we are working in dirty pain. Now, what is dirty pain, you may ask? Dirty pain is unprocessed pain. It's just you reacting when you react to a circumstance and it, you just, uh, you know, you just jump into mo- emotional reaction. You fall into what we call, uh, in the life coach school, we call a emotional childhood where it's your emotions are, you're associating your emotions to be part of an outside influence. While emotional maturity is where you realize that your emotions come from your thoughts, come from how you're, you're, you're approaching the particular circumstance in your life. So dirty pain is the pain that we are resisting, the pain that we don't, we, the pain that we just, Avoid at all costs. We believe that it is from a, from our, the fact that our wife said that she wants a divorce. We believe that pain is, is not something that we created. When in all reality, actually we do because emotions, that pain is from a thought that you're having. You're all our pain, uh, all of our thoughts are the origins of our, of our pain, suffering, joy of all our emotions. Yet in reality, the fact that our wife said she wanted a divorce is actually just a circumstance. That circumstance is completely neutral. It is not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. It it just is. Okay. She said she wants a divorce. If it was actually a truly bad thing, then your wife would feel just as much pain about wanting that divorce as you feel about not wanting the divorce. But the fact that she said she wants a divorce and she is leaving shows that she's not having the same emotional reaction as what you are. So that that just show goes to show you that circumstances are in fact neutral. Now, clean pain is the pain that we allow and we stop resisting. We, we're not, you can allow emotions to just be. Yeah. You're going to feel anger. You're going to feel frustration. You're going to feel fear and you're going to fear all the other emotions that you could possibly feel while going through a divorce. But what one of the things that you can do is you can either resist those emotions. You can start buffering. You can start falling into uh, indulgent emotions, or you can actually just allow that emotion, allow yourself to just feel that emotion, look at that emotion, examine the emotion. You can actually sit there and in your head, look at what that emotion is. Is it hard? Is it soft? Does it have spikes? Is it smooth? Is it hot? Is it cold? You know, get around to really describing it and looking at it and examining it and understand why you feel whatever it is you feel. You'll actually come along to realize that, hey, you know what? I'm calling it fear or I'm calling it, uh, I'm calling it, uh, anger. But if I really boil that down and I look at it really close, oh my gosh, that's not anger. 
it's fear that I'm actually operating from. I'm operating from a space of scarcity instead of being an abundant, abundantly, abundantly minded, if I could talk, an abundantly minded human. But if you're able to start looking at the pain and just allow that pain to be and look at it and examine it and be okay with it, with it coursing through your body, because an emotion is nothing more than a vibration that we feel in our body. You let it run its course. It doesn't get worse every time you you do happen to think of it. You actually can process it a little bit faster and a little bit quicker and a little bit smoother. And so your actual results of allowing that emotion to reappear, because you're not going to just feel it once. You'll have that every time you think of that same thought, if you allow that thought to just be and you not try to stuff it down, put it off to the side. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to cry about that or I'm not going to feel sad about that. I'm not going to mourn that, that divorce. She's the, she divorced me. I'm angry. I'm going to stay angry. Okay. You can, you can stay angry all you want. Is that really going to be a good example for your kids? Or is that really the way you want to feel about the woman that you claim to actually love? Because if you loved her, you wouldn't be feeling anger towards her. You would want the best for her. If you felt love for your wife, if you were able to operate from a from a, a loving uh, lens, like uh, we were talking about uh, a couple episodes ago, you would be able to see anything that she does as being okay. You know, that's not quite what I really want to have, not the result I wanted in my life, but I am okay with her. I hope she finds a man who can actually provide her what she wants. And I'm sorry, I wasn't able to. So maybe I can find a woman that I can provide what she wants. You can actually look at life and look at the divorce like that. And how much, how much nicer would it be? How much easier would the divorce be if you could actually approach the circumstance with that line of thinking? Yeah, I know you're with, you've still got a lot of pain in you, especially if you're going through a divorce right now. You're going, well, I am not about to feel, feel sorry for, uh, for her. I'm not about to show love towards her. She's the one who betrayed me, betrayed the kids, you know, and get all this, you know, again, it's, you're coming from a place of fear, a place of anger, a place of scarcity. So no, I'm not expecting you to see what I'm saying as being a good thing. But yet if you take and you start applying the line of, instead of replace that anger with love, you might actually start seeing where I'm coming from on that and how that actually may not be a very bad thing to at all. Now, another reason why divorce is so bad is because you're severing an emotional bond. You had a life with that woman. You met each other. You fell in love. You had adventures early on and you had kids and life took over and you had a you had a bond emotional or otherwise with that person. And now suddenly that person comes along with a big old, you know, big old giant samurai sword and just whack chops it in two. And now, yeah, what would happen if someone was to lop an arm off? 
you would feel pain. You'd feel anger. You would feel sadness because you don't have that arm anymore. You would feel all the same emotions that you feel because you're a divorce. Now, the that spare arm's not going to ask you for to to pay for it, to help you pay for its life, livelihood. But it, you know, there's so the the analogy is not going to line up perfectly. But you're going to get the idea of of where where I'm coming from on that. You're severing an emotional bond. You are actually in a mode of grieving over the loss of this, the death of this relationship, the death of this marriage. And so, yeah, you, it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. It's going to, you're going to go through all the five different stages of grieving. And there's nothing wrong with that. Grieving is actually a wonderful emotion that humans are capable of doing. And so many men want to shy away from that. They, or they grieve in, in different ways. But at the same time, you can allow yourself to grieve and to mourn that loss of that relationship because it, it was part of your life for 10, 15, 25 years. And so, yeah, it should hurt. And because it should hurt, that brings us into just the resisting emotions. Our our lives were never meant to be 100% happy. That's one of the false thoughts a lot of men have about life. Well, I should be happy. I I should be I I'm looking to be happy all the time. You don't really want to be happy all the time. That's like saying that uh, I am going to be laughing and having a good time at my grandmother's funeral. No, you wouldn't. You would actually want to be sad. You would want to actually grieve. You wouldn't want to have those negative emotions. Negative emotions actually do provide value to your life. If anything, if we were happy all the time, imagine how bored you would be, how bland life would be if you didn't have those sad times in your life. Imagine how horrible and and boring life would be if you didn't have those little instances of being, you know, ticked off at, at somebody, or if you didn't have, you know, these other, what many people call negative emotions, those negative emotions are a part of your life. We should, I try to allow the full range of emotions into, into my life. I want to have the fullest, biggest, deepest human experience known to man. How are you going to do that? Well, you've got to be able to experience the fear of asking a client uh, to to be a, a a potential client to be a client. There is fear in that, or at least I feel the fear, and that's one thing I really struggle with is trying, you know, going out there and talking to people face to face, going, "Hey, dude, I've, I'm a life coach, and I can I can help you. I can I can do that. I've done it a couple times now, and it's every time it gets." You know, take your fingers, put them just that, you know, just barely apart that much better every little time. I've got to do a lot more. The more times I ask, the more times I fail, the better I become at it. But that is the same way as with our emotions. The more times you experience emotions, the better you get at experiencing that emotion. You feel anger? All right. Well, what does that anger feel like? Describe that anger. Look at it. Examine it. Come to understand that anger and realize that anger is not bad. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just you're feeling pissy. All right. And 
what do you do with it? Problem comes in is when people react to that anger and they start to rage and they, they become, they initiate, uh, aggression with it that's when you have turned your emotion into an action and that action leads to results that you probably really don't want to have so resisting emotions does you no good because you a lot of times like i said we will either buffer we there's many different ways we can we can resist an emotion we can buffer that's by eating drinking alcohol taking drugs things like that Stuff that where we don't have to experience those emotions, experience those thoughts. We can suddenly blur that thought out enough to where we don't actually have to really comprehend it or take, you know, smoke enough pot to where we're just kind of there and we can't focus on one thing long enough for any, for any period of time. Or we start to go into indulgent emotions. Like, I don't know why I'm just, you know, even depression becomes an indulgent emotion if you're using it as a means to escape what you really need to be doing. Now, another thing problem that men have is that they get caught into thought loops. And these are where you think of a single thought over and over and over and over and over again, hoping for a different result. Same thing is often associated with what people with PTSD do. No, you, I don't think you have PTSD because your wife said she wanted a divorce. The same as I see, I have a hard time believing people who tell me, well, they have PTSD because their girlfriend from high school broke up with them. No, no, dude, you've just, you've got to hang up and you don't want to let it go. All right. There's a big difference. PTSD is something that is truly traumatic where your best friend in battle suddenly blows up because he gets hit with, uh, with a grenade. That is something very traumatic. Your girlfriend of three weeks said that she wants to go date the high school, uh, the high school football captain is not that traumatic. All right. It may be kind of rough to take, but it's not a a traumatic experience. But we go over those thoughts over and over and over again. We keep experiencing the, that very moment of when our wife told us, She's done. She's want, wants out. She's she's tapped. It's gone. You experience that, and you go over it, hoping that you can come up with a better response. What's a better response I could have said? Well, it doesn't matter, dude. It's in the past. If you keep thinking those same thoughts over and over again, all you're doing is you're resurrecting the same emotions over and over again. And it, sometimes it feels really useful to sit there and look at that, reexamine the 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 game tape over and over to see if you can find a a clue as to why or whether you have hope of getting her back or anything like that. Yeah, it may seem useful, but it doesn't. Now you can always save a marriage. And I've, I've talked about how you save marriages in the past. And it's the same thing that you do to getting yourself prepared for a new life without your wife. You, you initiate those four pillars of the of a, of a relaxed male. You get your body into shape. You work the man's body. You get start reading. You start learning with the man's mind. You start finding a project that fulfills your soul through the man's soul, and you build a network of men. And the thing is, is that th- that doesn't stop when you get remarried. 
or your wife decides, never mind. I like, I'm, I want to stay with you. I saw where I was going, where my thoughts were going wrong at. I want to stay with you. All right. Well, that doesn't mean you get to stop. You work on those four pillars from this moment until the day you die. You always work on those four pillars of a relaxed male. Those never go away. But if you don't do that, do those, you're going to fall into that thought loop again and again and again and again. You're always going to wonder why in the world she left. I, why, what could I have done differently? There's a lot of stuff you could have done differently, honestly. But again, it doesn't matter because it's in the past, man. All you can do is take what you could have done differently and apply it to the new relationship. That's the, that's the main thing that you can do. Can divorce actually become easier? Well, actually it can. It's not that it's going to so much be a breeze to go through, but you can actually start doing like thought work and looking at your thoughts and looking at what you're doing and paying attention to those thoughts and start working. Instead of working in an unintentional model, you can actually start living intentionally and start doing stuff with an intention and a purpose. And you actually will find that your divorce actually is goes a lot smoother. All right. If she does want to continue through the divorce, but a lot of the thoughts that you want to pay attention to and you want to actually look at are things like, why did I waste all this time with her? Okay. Does that, is that really going to help you? Is that really going to serve you in the future? Is that going to serve you in the present? Is that going to serve you at all? Well, honestly, no, it's not. That's just you putting up a victim mindset. Oh, she wasted my time. No, dude, you were there too. Your time and her time were both equally invested into that. Just something else happened. A thought changed in her to where she figured that the marriage was not going to go anywhere. And to be honest, a lot of that was probably because you weren't working on those four pillars that I was mentioning a moment ago. What did I do wrong? Again, you can sit there and look in the past and examine every little granule and see where the marriage actually started to fall apart. And a lot of times you'll look at it and you'll find something that you think means something. And so that's the reason when that's when, and she didn't even bother to tell. And you can go into this whole victim mindset. We get, if you get yourself in a victim mindset, you're not going to come out the other end smelling like a rose. You're going to be just covered in muck and mire and, and all sorts of crap and literal crap too, because you're going to start slinging mud at her because you are, are having a scarcity mindset. You're having a scarcity, uh, attitude. You're having a, a line of thinking that doesn't serve you. It keeps you playing small. You could actually go through in through divorce with a, a, an attitude and a thoughts, a mindset of abundance. And you would be okay on the other end. You'd actually be just as strong because once you get everything settled and she goes off and say she blows every dime. Okay, fine. Well, what does that mean to you? Nothing. She may come to you and not want more money. But it's like, no. No, we already got everything settled. You have a good day. You messed up. My, not my fault. You can have that type of attitude. Does it serve you? Well, no, not really, but you can have that. One that I hear a lot of men talk about is also how come she gets to be happy while I'm sitting here at home drinking a 
and, you know, drinking, going through a whole bottle of scotch, wondering why, why my life is such a disaster. Well, it's because you're wondering why your life is such a disaster. And she's got different set of thoughts altogether. That thought of how come she gets to be happy isn't serving you. That is a disempowering thought. And because you are having this disempowering thought, yeah, you're not going to be happy. Your, your brain's going, oh, okay, you want to be unhappy. Let's find all the reasons to not be happy. And so it's going to go through and it's going to find every reason possible that you don't have to be happy. And so you're not going to be happy if you are thinking, why does she get to be happy? And I don't. Why not change what? Well, how do I start becoming happier? How do I start finding a solution to the problem that I am experiencing? You can actually have those thoughts. Will I ever find love again? Well, again, that's a a thought that's really not serving you right now. You know you can find love again. All you have to do is try. You might even find love with your ex-wife again. And your your ex-wife may find love with you again. All these are possible. But again, you have to stop thinking in a victim-oriented mindset. Get out of victimhood. Start owning your dirt start taking responsibility for your actions and you will actually see the attitudes in your wife become better again one that i often hear is when men are complaining about women and i hear about women complaining about men you know why are women such bitches or why are men such assholes why why is it all they only want one thing and you fill in the blank and what that one thing is because it's funny because there are a bunch of one things. <laughs> there, there are a lot of one things around there. So again, those are all just thoughts. Uh, how can I get her back? Well, you might be able to get her back by working on the, your four pillars. But again, then again, you may not. She may just decide that it's over and be okay with that and never try to do anything uh, good in that department ever again. She may also decide, uh, you know, she wants to try to take you for all your money. And so you're going to really be in a scarcity mindset. You're going to be in scarce money mindset if that happens. And all of a sudden, you're just going to be obsessed with money. You're going to be trying to rake it all in. You're just going to try to hoard every last dime and hide every, every asset you've got. And that doesn't help you either. Because if you're wanting to be a man who lives in integrity and you're hiding everything, you're not being very, you're not having much integrity right there, are you? So none of those thoughts that we just went through serve you. They are so disempowering and they are flat out indulgent thoughts. They don't provide you with any solutions. But yet we love as men, we love to think those thoughts over and over and over again. And we just keep obsessing over them and they, they don't help. They really are not a good thing to, to, to think. So how do you allow, how do you stop having those indulgent emotions? Well, one of the great ways is just to do what's called a thought download. Take those thoughts, pull them out of your head and write them all down on a piece of paper concerning whatever that topic is, write your topic. Wife wants a divorce and you just start writing everything down. All the thoughts you have about her wanting a divorce, good, bad, or indifferent. You can then start looking through those and you can decide, you know what? Does that thought really serve me? Is it helping me become better? Does it help me solve a problem? Does it help me in any way? No. Okay. Then, you know, run a line through it and d- declare it to yourself. We're not thinking that thought ever again. Now, will it come creeping back up? Yeah. But when you f- realize that it's crept back up, you can very 
gently and and firmly go, I don't care about that thought anymore. I don't care about it anymore. And you can actually shove it off to the side, mentally speaking. But if you come across a thought that really does serve you, you can decide, you know what? You can circle it and go, you know what? I'm holding on to that thought. I like that thought. She is going to be better. I'm going to find a, a better woman. And we can, you can find out, you can find ways of being able to change your thoughts that make you feel better, feel more empowered, feel like you are still in charge because you've never lost your power. You've never lost your ability to take action. Those were always there. Even before your wife said she wanted a divorce, even after she said she wants a divorce, they were always there. You just chose to not address them. If you want help with any of this, I can actually help you out. Like I said, I'm a certified coach. I help men to get rid of the nice guy in their life. And so if you want to get some coaching done through me and help you get through the initial parts of a divorce, I would love to be able to help you. I'd love to help take those thoughts, those limiting beliefs, poke a bunch of holes in them, show you exactly how that thought is causing your results. Because if you want to have a happy life, you want to have a fulfilled life, your thoughts create your results. So if you want to want that type of help, let me know. I can, I can go through. We can coach each other. I like to do about a year's worth of coaching so that we really get those habits of thinking really nailed down. If you would rather to have a, rather have a group of men come in and help you out. We also have the Brotherhood of Men. This group is, this is a group of men that we meet each week and they are raring to help out and, and, help you become overcome the limiting thoughts of divorce that you're actually having. If anything in this show gave you a, a moment of thought caused you to pause, caused you to think, or, you know, of some, or caused you to think of somebody, please share this, uh, this episode out with people, share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody you could think of who could really use this help. Maybe they're going through a divorce or they just got finished going through a divorce and they still haven't, quote unquote recovered yet this this episode can be able to help them out you can send them to send them to relaxmail.com forward slash 135 and you, they can they can actually listen on the web page or if they've got uh, a, a particular podcast platform that they like you can share it to them through uh, uh, to that and they, I've got I should be in just about every podcast platform there is uh, if you come across one, you can't find me, let me know. I will make sure I get myself put in there. And if you would just share this out, uh, onto your socials, let men know, Hey, there is a, there's a podcast out there that is helping men to become better men, helping men get rid of that nice guy, because that nice guy is the reason that they are having so much, so many problems. Get rid of the nice guy. Start living your life on your terms. You won't won't drive your wife away. You'll actually draw her towards you even more when you find out that you are actually an interdependent relationship type of person. So, guys, with that, thanks for listening. See you next week. Till then, bye.